when somebody says, hey, I've been in this business for 35 years. I've never heard of this before. That's not reassuring. Oh, no, right? <laughs> things things you don't want to hear from your doctor, from your mechanic, or your travel agent. <laughs> Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 6.12 on this Tuesday morning, back to normal. The mashup of the WTMJ players is over. Finally. <laughs> Everybody was out of place yesterday. Crazy 24 hours. So we had a number of scheduling things go on yesterday that caused us to be in different places. Myself hosting Wisconsin's Afternoon News. How'd that go? far as I know, fine. The program was <laughs> on the air. He did fine. He yeah. was just fine. Debbie okay. was just doing her thing. She was the only one who stayed put. <laughs> she did the morning, she did the afternoon. That's just how it works. Caused me to... Th- I've got this song stuck in my head now. Do you remember the show Animaniacs? Sure. It's like a Warner Brothers production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's time for Animaniacs And we're saying it to the max Great theme song. So just yeah. get back and relax Give so I used to watch that as a kid, and they had this one episode where all the characters were put into different shows. Okay. So like Pinky and the Brain, they were in there with Mindy where they didn't belong, and all these other guys. So it was a, it was a mashup of characters. It's a brilliant idea. I was thinking about that all day yesterday. Because you were out at 8.30. Right. Did your golf outing, fundraiser for JDRF. Oh, it was it fantastic. Go? Fantastic. Met a lot of people and raised a lot of money for JDRF, so it was great. So then I came in, did half hour of Wisconsin's morning news. And then started prepping for Wisconsin's afternoon news. Sandy Max was in the house, but Scafidi out. I think he's back today. Wagner out. <laughs> Mercure out. Matzik out. Vetrano in. Spalding in. I can't believe you, you <laughs> but you worked like a full day then. You were rolling in here. Totally fine. And then worked all the way past 6P. Well done. Said, everybody had important stuff to do, and uh, I, I mentioned this in the show yesterday, not to be corny, but uh, I think people support each other really nicely around here. And Agreed. I'm glad that you were able to get out and, and do the good work that you did. Matzik was out there with yep, you. Yep, So glad to help support that no, and everything. That. Back to normal this morning on Wisconsin's Morning News. <laughs> Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Adam Wainwright tossed seven innings, allowed just four hits in a vintage performance as the St. Louis Cardinals beat the Milwaukee Brewers 1-0 in Game 1-4 of on Monday night. Wainwright with the victory for the Cards secured his 200th career win. The Brewers' offense just could not get anything going against the 42-year-old as manager Craig Council spoke after the game, calling for more pressure from his offense. We had a shot in the... I mean, in the eighth, when, when we got the leadoff guy on as well with Monasterio, we have to have more pressure than just getting the leadoff guy on. Milwaukee will look to regain their fo- their form with game two of four tonight in St. Louis. Cover set to begin right here on WTMJ beginning at 6-10. The Cubs did not play. The Brewers did lose, obviously, but their magic number to clinch the National League Central will remain at 7. The Green Bay Packers are back to work this week following their tough defeat in Atlanta in week two. Despite the loss of the Falcons, Jordan Love, though, Continue to shine for the Packers, tossing three more touchdown passes. Love currently leading the league in those touchdown passes category as well as passer rating. ESPN's Rob Domoski joined 94.5 ESPN's Jen Gabe and Chewy on Monday morning, handing out his grade for the first-year starter under center. I'd say a solid B, B plus. Um, Gabe, what's the biggest mistake that new quarterbacks make? Turnovers, right? Yes, yeah, Mm -hmm. sure. And he hasn't had any. 
Um, uh, you know, six touchdowns, no turnovers. Jordan Love, the good news for the pack. The bad news, though, more injuries for a team already battling the early season injury bug as Pro Bowl left guard Elton Jenkins reportedly suffered an MCL sprain in his left knee during that loss on Sunday. Head coach Matt LaFleur on options moving forward. It's a conversation that we're going to have tonight and kind of figure out, uh, you know, who we want to roll out there. But it's always a competitive situation. I don't care what position it is. Um, We're going to make it competitive. And if guys aren't performing, then we'll roll with somebody else. The Packers will play host to the undefeated New Orleans Saints this Sunday as Jordan Love will officially make his Lambeau Field debut. Coming up, how far away from a done deal is the American Family Field funding proposal? We'll dive into that next on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 621 Wisconsin's Morning News this Tuesday morning, long way from a done deal. But at least this morning there was a framework, a path to keeping the Brewers in Milwaukee for more than a quarter century and ensuring American Family Field remains a viable community now, asset. You could argue there had been a framework already. <laughs> yes. There was one framework. Right. Now there's two. Now this is the preferred framework, at least for legislative yeah. leaders. Legislation availed Monday by lawmakers. A package of funding, $700 million all in over the next 27 years, including contributions from Milwaukee City and county taxpayers, state taxpayers, and $100 million from the Brewers organization. I spoke with Brewers President of Business Operations, Rick Schlesinger, after the news Monday afternoon. So, Rick said the team recognizes there's a lot of debate to be had, as we all should. The bill, I'm told, will start in the Assembly. We'll, of course, need approval from the Assembly. We'll move over to the Senate. The Senate may make changes from there. We'll go back to the Assembly. But essentially, both houses of the legislature need to approve the same bill. Then it needs a signature from the governor. And buy-in from city and county. Team is focused on the end result, not who gets credit, nor the particulars of one plan over another. I am not wedded to a specific bill or specific piece of legislation. I'm focused on the objective, and there are many different pathways to get there. And the good news, again, is that it looks like there's bipartisan support for the objective, which is the most important thing in this process. How widespread that support is, we will learn in the coming days and weeks. But basically, this is uh, something that, at least through the Brewers lens, look, you got people on both sides of the aisle who recognize we need to get to the finish line, whatever that is. Uh, Taxpayers, rightly skeptical, this is a lot of money. I mean, Governor Evers' plan was... What, just shy of $300 million mm-hmm. yeah. and basically writing a check. That was to keep the Brewers here till 2043. So you expect this plan to have scrutiny? It should. Is the Brewers' ownership group, Mark Atanasio and others, are they doing enough on their end? I put that question directly to Schlesinger. Why should taxpayers and those who are concerned about it believe that that contribution from the Brewers is fair? Because it is a significant amount of money, and all we're asking of the state is for it to uh, fulfill its obligations made to us and the taxpayers in 1996 when the ballpark funding was approved, that our landlord has sufficient funds to meet its existing obligations to the team. We're not asking for the district to enhance their obligations. We're not looking for the team to reduce our obligations. In fact, to the contrary, we're increasing our financial uh, contribution to the project. All we're asking for is that the landlord have enough money to meet obligations that promised us a quarter century ago. 
Again, how was it? How was it three hundred million dollars, and now it's seven hundred million dollars? We extend that thing out seven more years. Mm-hmm. Stadium doesn't get younger, so the anticipation is this is the all-in number that will be needed to sustain the ballpark over the next twenty-seven years. I thought one new piece to the current proposal uh, that was interesting: the idea that American Family Field can become a year-round venue. This is another reason that that price tag is higher under this plan. A significant upgrade in investment. Schlesinger said it will pay dividends. The winterization obviously is is could be significant. It's you know this is a great facility, but in the off season it's dormant. The winterization would allow us to have events here in the winter in a comfortable you know warm environment, uh, and that could be anything from basketball games to volleyball to concerts to you know monster truck shows to an NHL game to Brewers Fan Fest to you know a whole range of opportunities that even we haven't thought about, but drive revenue to the Brewers drive revenue to the state, bring in people from outside the state, outside the region to come here and spend money. So Final four. Bring the, the final four. Well, if it's if it's airtight and they can heat it up to seventy degrees, you know, that's been a barrier. You can't have the final four if they you know, typically what? They can heat it up twenty degrees warmer than it is outside, which is fine in spring when it's fifty, you get it up to sixty or seventy. Mm. Um, but this would, you know, seal that up and allow them to heat it to the venue's a bit too levels. small, I think, for Final Four. But anyway, go ahead. So we know local leaders have been reluctant at best to pledge taxpayer support for the facility. The mayor's office tells me they're not sure at this point if their contribution would be subject to approval from the Common Council. That adds a whole other degree. You'd have to... Starting Unlimited, WTMJ News Time 636. The Packers will have to mix and match to protect Jordan Love. Brandon Snide has sports coming up at 645. Can you hear me? What's happening? Do you want to use my microphone? Just to bring you into the studio here, if you're watching on the live stream, you see Eric hurriedly moving to another microphone. Yeah, but then your computer's not there. All right, you got me now? Yeah, I can hear you now, but like, All how right, can well, you do okay. any of your well, things? No, we, we, have, we, can, we can make it work. The okay. show goes on or should we cancel it? No, the show goes on. We have an X-Watch. <laughs> okay. Okay, so X, of course, is the new name for Twitter, and Elon Musk is the owner of X. And yesterday, he told Benjamin Netanyahu that, yeah, you know what? The only way to get rid of bots that could potentially spread hate speech or anti-Semitism on the social media site is to charge everybody. So Elon Musk now saying that a paywall is likely for everyone who uses X. What kind of, any any terms discussed? No, like it's going to be a buck a month, it's going to be ten know, bucks he, a month, it's going to well, be... He would argue it's a little. Yeah. In fact, he once uh, posted a picture of how much people pay for coffee versus how much Twitter or X would cost sure, in a fair day. fair enough. And it was like a quarter or something like that. So that's what he'll argue, that it's minimal, but that he says they'll have to do it. This has revenue, by the way, plunging on the site for them. So could this happen immediately? You know how this works. He says something and the ground shakes and then it kind of all plays out. But as of now, told the uh, Israeli prime minister yesterday... That, yep, paywall likely for X. Fascinating conversation because the other thing that that does is it changes the dynamic of who is the customer. I've always said, if you're using something for free, whether it's social media or whatever, if you're getting it for free, you're not the customer. Correct. The advertiser is the customer or the investors are sort of the quote-unquote mm-hmm. customer or the the powers to which decisions tend to fall. If now I'm paying for this, now I should have a stronger voice. This is true. I also wonder, like, you'd be amazed at how many bots are probably corresponding either with us or with each other. <laughs> like no, the- she's real. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> she really likes the show. 
639 in Wisconsin's Morning News. Six forty-three, Wisconsin's morning news this Tuesday morning. Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson set to deliver his twenty twenty-four budget address at City Hall later today. Not typically a very sexy affair, Eric. I've attended a few of these in my past. <laughs> When's the best part? At the beginning or the end? It should be. I won't say who it was, but I once spoke with a mayor and we were talking about the construction of the budget address. And I was telling him, like, look, you need to get some of the TV cameras. Maybe they'll be there, maybe they won't, but you got to hit it hard early. You got to hit it hard at the end because depending on how that tape comes back into the newsroom, somebody's going to listen to either the last minute or two or the first minute there or two to go. find that soundbite. And that soundbite will play all day because ain't nobody listening to the whole right, thing. Right. <laughs> Even the common council, who knows? <laughs> but uh, today it does lay out the mayor's priorities for the coming year and for the first time will include revenue from the newly approved 2% sales tax for the city. So we'll be looking for how that money is earmarked for public safety. A source in the mayor's office tells me the coming budget will include that as well as a focus on infrastructure and quality of life investments. On that, the source also indicates there will be a new proposal to increase efforts to demolish buildings with raise raise orders on them. So uh, the mayor, he wants to prevent these homes from deteriorating. And in the event they do, he wants to prioritize demolition and redevelopment. So look for that in the speech today. Think Amfem Field pops up at all? You know, I think it came out too late. I couldn't get an exact read on that. I did get from this source in the mayor's office that they were still unsure whether or not that would need common council approval. Uh, right. Like they're they're still looking at everything yep. that's been laid out. So whether or not it makes an appearance in today's speech, yeah, that's another thing to watch. Also, I'm told mayor will call for an increase in high impact paving projects. That's where they come in and resurface banged up streets really quickly couple of days as opposed to weeks or months so there's not a ton of advanced engineering but these are streets that are badly potholed or whatever they rip that top layer off they put the new pavement on and they're in and out in a matter of days more money as well for separated bikeways and measures to curb reckless driving 9 a.m this morning common council chambers at milwaukee city hall time for an update from the gruber law offices one call that's all sports desk here's brandon snide the milwaukee brewers dropped game one of four to the st louis cardinals on monday night this one by a final of one to zero with the loss and the cubs idle the brewers magic number to clinch the nl central remains at seven brewers cards game two tonight from st louis coverage getting underway beginning at 6 10 right here on wtmj Michigan State University informed head football coach Mel Tucker in a letter Monday of the school's intent to terminate his contract for cause, citing, quote, a body of undisclosed evidence of misconduct that warrants termination. And lastly, the Packers are prepping for week three home opener against the new undefeated New Orleans Saints this upcoming Sunday. Pro Bowl, guard left, Pro Bowl left guard Elton Jenkins will miss some time with what is being reported of an MCL sprain in his left knee that he suffered in that week two loss. Jenkins will have an MRI this week to determine the severity of that injury. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. It wasn't that long ago that we were all wondering what the future in Green Bay might look like. The unknown surrounding number 10 and a place referred to as Titletown was real, and it was by far the most significant question mark entering the 2023 season. Following the trade of Aaron Rodgers and before the season even started, folks everywhere wondered if number 10 could follow in the footprints left behind two of the game's best ever. After two weeks, I think it's time we put some of those worries or questions to rest. 
In just these two weeks, Jordan Love currently leads the NFL in touchdown passes and passer rating. Will he keep it up? Who knows? But quite frankly... At this point, who cares? This season is all about growth and growth only, especially with the NFL's youngest roster. Before September came, we all wondered if Love could be the future. You do not go into a season questioning the quarterback position and simultaneously hold Super Bowl aspirations. That is just not how it works. Yes, we all want to win. Yes, we all want to compete for the NFC North Division title. And yes, all of this is possible at the same time. But regardless of all of that, For me, at least, the objective measure of a successful 2023 season will be which direction this future points to following the conclusion of it. Is number 10 the answer under center? Can these young pass catchers be enough going forward? Will Joe Barry even have a job in 2024? Just by witnessing two weeks of this season, some of you can probably guess how some of these are close to being answered already. The others, though, are likely closer than you think. Wisconsin's Morning News, Tuesday morning, two-time sports writer of the year, Lori Nickel, is with us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline this morning. It's all London, baby. Here we go. You got your passport? Yeah. My third drawer in my dresser. You don't want to lose that. (laughs) Lori, you shared with us the other week that you have an upcoming trip overseas only to discover you have a passport that expired earlier this year. You've been scrambling to find resolution. Do you have an update this morning? Well, I'm supposed to leave next week, and I'm also supposed to get my passport renewed next week. I had to make a million calls and get everything prepped. But the only way they do it now, if if you do make the mistake that I did, is you have to wait within 14 days of your flight to even try to get an appointment to get your passport renewed. The closest place for us here in Wisconsin is Chicago, so I'll be driving down there Monday um, at about 4.30 in the morning to be the first in line for my appointments. It's been a mess, truly. I've taken three different passport photos to make sure there's no mess up there. So it's It's fine. Different amounts of like headroom on each or smiling, not smiling, what? Yeah, that. And you can't have any hair in your face. So I bought a headband and it's just like bangs are back and everything and it's the worst. But I don't want anything to go wrong um, because this is my last shot, you know, um, if I don't get that passport, I can't get on a flight. So it's a little nerve-wracking, but it's the way the system is now. If, if you don't have an, a current passport and you realize this, you have, to, you have a two-week window, and that's it. And I called that passport agency so many times I had things memorized of what numbers to punch and what questions to ask to finally get my appointment. And I have a file folder now that's almost two inches thick of all the documents to show that I'm a real person to take down there. Yeah. So it's going to be crazy. So passports are pretty unique little um, documents. Will they, they'll create it all right there for you? Yeah. Well, I'll have to pay for it literally, for, uh-huh. you know, physically and also financially, which I'm, you know, it's my mistake. Um, I was told, you know, to be prepared down there that it's, a federal building and they're not, you know, jovial about anything like get your act together, be, you know, don't ask for favors. I should prepare for like a 12 hour day down there. So I'm going to bring my computer and work. So, 12 um, hours. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, they said, hopefully I'll get it Monday. If not, maybe Tuesday. So it might take two days, which then I'm really getting close to my flight. So 
Uh, it's fine. There's um, lorazepam for that, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but at least there's resolution. I like that, you know, like you have a path, you're willing to yeah. do the work. That's fine. <laughs> I, I called your people, Vince. They were so helpful at the travel agency. But when somebody says, hey, I've been in this business for 35 years, I've never heard of this before. That's not reassuring. Oh, no, right? <laughs> things things you don't want to hear from your doctor, from your mechanic, or your travel agent. <laughs> right. Never seen yeah, that before. Fine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So great. Hey, while great. we got you, can I ask you quick about David Bakhtiari and this ongoing yeah. discussion over whether or not he may be demanding to sit out games on turf for the Green Bay Packers because he's worried about re-injury. He's taken a stand on turf, and etc. You're super into the player psychology. You've gotten to know a number of players in that way and in that space. So I'm curious, just across the board, professional athletes, how much say do they have in determining when and where they play. I mean, they are still employed by an organization. I could go right. to my bosses today and say, man, the, the early morning hours are really wearing on me. I need to do the afternoon show. And they can say, thanks, but we don't see that for you. <laughs> and I can take it or leave it. Yeah, so I, my read on that is all how Matt LaFleur dressed it, addressed it over the weekend. And he was asked twice on Sunday after the game and four times on Monday, very fair questions. And, you know, LaFleur said, hey, there's an injury there. There's knee swelling, and it, and he's not going to get into the, you know, would Bakhtiari have played had the game been at home on, on the field in Lambeau or on the road? So he wasn't going to get into it. And to me, that was interesting. He was terse and kind of um, didn't want to get into the debate whatsoever. It's not like he <clears throat> forcefully shot it down either and said, no way, Bakhtiari's playing if he can play no matter where. He didn't get into all that. He's not that kind of person. He, he seems to view all that as a distraction. But what's one thing we know about Bakhtiari is he will tell us <laughs> how he's feeling eventually, you know, when he be, makes himself available to the public um, or at least to the media in the locker room. He's told us how he's felt certainly on his social media account on X. So I... I, but you can't, there's no way a NFL player can choose and pick which games they want to play. They're not, not a left tackle, not a quarterback. There's just no way. That doesn't work. So, you know, I'm assuming based on LaFleur's answers that there really is an issue there that's flared up again with Bakhtiari. And as LaFleur said, it's probably going to be ongoing for the rest of his career. Well, we certainly need him on Sunday. Lori, thanks. Great to catch up with you, and uh, good luck on that passport thing. I look forward to the yes. update. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for all the help, really. Two.